Whispering while you cuddle near me, whispering so no one else can hear me. Yes, it's me. What am I doing here without my lovely music? Well, let me tell you, since today is a special bonus episode, or maybe it's not a bonus at all, maybe it's the booby prize, we shall see in which I tell you about my cataclysm. And I'm going off script here, so please bear with me because I'm always incredibly careful about what what I put before you so that it will be just a, a nice, smooth experience. So let me tell you about my cataclysm. Today's Tuesday and it's the Tuesday before Easter. And Sunday morning I woke up to do some stuff and went to my computer and about five minutes later said to Shane, hey, baby, is there some reason why my computer isn't starting? And he got up and he ran to the computer because already I was feeling stressed. And before too long, it was clear that it was dead, 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 dead. And I couldn't access anything that was in it. And one thing you have to know about my computer is that I keep everything in it. It's about 15 years worth of work, possibly more. And the way that I keep computers is not particularly wise. I don't archive anything. And it just so happened that I had actually neglected to back it up. So uh, for about a month and anyway... It's an online service and when you stop backing up, yeah, you you lose what's there. So I was freaking out. I felt two things. I felt nauseated and I felt like I was going to cry and I totally felt like throwing up. And I'm one of those people that does everything that is humanly possible to not throw up. So I put that energy into the crying, which I did all of Sunday, and uh, and Shane, trying not to be uh, too affected by my externalised stress, as a friend of mine calls it, he is just trying everything he could to get in there. And, and in between uh, bouts of crying, I sent, I sent a text message to my friend Scott, who's a senior engineer at Apple, and and I was just having a whinge. I was saying, oh, you know, if it wasn't for COVID, I'd, I'd totally fly you over because I'm freaking out. And a little while later, he messaged back and said, hey, I'm here. How can I help? And he and Shane over WhatsApp, Scott in California, Shane here in Melbourne, they're back and forth troubleshooting. And Scott set us on the right path, we think, but we haven't found anything yet. We haven't been able to access what's on the drive yet. And it could be days or it may be never. And this is a huge thing. Like (laughs) I shared some of this on social media and there are people who are going, yeah, I remember this happened to me. I'm going, no, you don't know what it's like for someone like me. (laughs) This is all my writing, all of it um, dating back. 15 years. And it is, of course, all of pillow talking. The contributor stories, the scripts, the music, 
some of this stuff I can salvage because I have elsewhere, but putting it all together in a way that's, um, that's easily accessible, it's going to take some time as well. Today, Scott sent me another text message and he, he said that this would make a good story, the fear and trepidation of losing one's unique work to the ether. And yes, it is good material for a story, but I'm so close to it now that I fear that it's just going to be a just a whine and a feel sorry for myself. But I've got to tell you this, uh, and this is a really, really interesting and kind of uh, important lesson if you're interested in storytelling, because here's what we're dealing with. What happens when you define yourself as a writer? rather than saying that you write. When something like this happens, it strikes at the very heart of who you are, so you feel very, very confronted. It's got the makings for a bit of a breakdown, which I think I had on Sunday, but not quite all the way. But I'm doing some exploration because, you know, like any girl who loves little women, of course, I saw myself as Joe March, always. And remember that bit where Amy burns Joe's manuscript? Wow. To this day, whenever I read that and whenever I see it in one of the movies, and I've watched everyone, by the way, including the one with William Shatner as Mr. Bear, whenever I see that, I'm like, yeah, you you tell Amy and, yeah, you you let the sun go down on your anger. It's absolutely, uh, I feel that so much. But like Joe March, I'm about to see whether I can start from scratch. So what I'm going to do for the next couple of weeks while I get my head back together again, if not my computer, ideally my computer too, but let's let's talk about my head then because this is where I live you know, I like to say that, you know, my life is in the computer, but it's not really. Come on, let's let's get real. No one's dead. Uh, I'm in my head and I need to sort my head out. I'm going to concentrate on this process of continuing to gather stories, which is one of my joys and challenges in pillow talking. And I want to talk to you tonight a little bit about this and about why you might feel trepidation at submitting a story and I've thought about this a lot and I've come up with a few reasons and the first one I guess is the obvious one is the vulnerability, the vulnerability of sharing something that's intimate and very private. Intimate things are intimate and there's, there's real risk which is what vulnerability is. It's that that putting your heart out there and, and seeing what what people will do with it. When you share something like that, it's not a small thing. It's a big thing. So that's the first one. I totally get that. I also get that there is lots to be gained from having that experience of vulnerability of putting your heart out there and seeing what people do with it. I guess I am I'm a bit optimistic this way because 
my experience has been that most of the time when you do that, people are fundamentally good and they understand and they can tap into their own moments of vulnerability so that when you do, they're not they're not so very harsh. And actually, Brene Brown talks a lot about, about this, about vulnerability. If you haven't heard any of her talks about vulnerability, it's definitely worth chasing up. But even if you don't, it's worth thinking about what vulnerability means to you. The other reason is the belief that anyone has about one of their own stories, the belief that you may not have anything worth sharing, which in every single case is bull. Everyone has got a story worth sharing. It's just a matter of believing that it is worth sharing. And even if you don't 100% believe it, just a couple percent will do because the purpose of stories isn't to transport people. It's actually to unify them and bring them closer together. So if you feel that you, your story isn't worth telling, well, I'm going to tell what I tell my writing students and it's just get over it. <laughs> it's To me, it's a selfless thing to share your story and, and a, bit of a, a bit of a shame to keep it to yourself. So there's that one. And the other reason that I came up with is that you kind of have to become the third person. Now, my last episode was about the third person and and I talked about how the third person may not necessarily be um, a literal third person. You know, I had this story where there was a there was a there was a dog, there was, you know, someone's mother and a picture and a frame on the bedside table. That third person can be yourself. And this is what I noticed because I, I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm going to actually pay attention to what Shane and I talk about in bed. And on Saturday, I did this. I kind of made mental notes and I'm pretty sure that I didn't cover all of it. But this was, excuse me, oh, sorry about that. This is... Um, this is Violetta unedited um, and uh, uh, unscripted. She bumps the mic and sniffs and uh, and takes swigs of water. Okay. <laughs> so this was over the course of about <clears throat> 45 minutes, maybe an hour. He talked about having got up earlier to to collect an email he was expecting, then went back to bed. Then he was telling me how much he loves me and then I said, yeah, I love you too, but I've got to tell you there's another man and his name is Mr. Pumice. And Mr. Pumice has uh, actually, uh, he's brought new joy into my life in curing my chronically cracked heels. So Mr. Pumice is a force to be reckoned with uh, in this relationship. So then Shane started singing very badly to the tune of me and Mrs. Jones, me and Mr. Pumice. And then somehow we got around to talking about uh, the latest Where Shall We Begin episode. No, it wasn't the latest. It was the latest one I heard, which is a bit old now where she mentions the tenacity of people who fight for happiness after having gone through a rough time. 
So we talked about that and then somehow we um, we got to the topic of socialism and how there are so many people who can't define it. They don't know what socialism is. They just, you know, run away from it. Uh, we started talking about taxes, of course. You can't talk about social socialism without talking about taxes. We compared uh, the tax system of Norway uh, to that of the US. Then we talked about the app that Shane is currently creating. Very, very good app, by the way. It's going to be uh, for script writers. And then my hand was itchy and he had a great two-day growth on his face. So I actually scratched my hand on his whiskers and Shane said, does Mr. Pumice know about this? <laughs> Sorry, I'm just – I'm actually reading this um, – because I just took notes while it was all fresh in my mind. And then somehow he he said that he said the words how you doing and said we should be grateful to friends for that expression. And I objected because I said this is a an expression that predates friends and we should be grateful to friends for nothing. Uh, I'm not a fan of friends. Uh, and he actually reminded me of what I said, you know, that I would like to line up all of the friends in Friends and just slap them all down the line. Uh, my stepdaughter once said, yeah, what you need is to get a segue, get on a segue and just slap them going along down the line, and slap them all. And, and I always have that image in my head of me on a segue, slapping all the, all the friends down the line. And then he said, um, yeah, you could stick John Fogarty at the end and slap him too because I actually can't stand the way John Fogarty sings. And I said, I wish I could get past his voice because um, I would really like to like or love Credence. And I know they're a good band, but oh, man, I've got another friend who knows that he should love The Cure, but he can't get past Robert Smith's voice. So you know the kind of thing. And uh, Shane said oh, it's my choice whether I, I like Credence or not. And I said, no, it's, I'm a highly auditory person and I'm sensitive to the way things sound. And uh, talking about music uh, got us talking about this article that he was reading about um, Tash Sultana, who's brilliant, by the way. And then somehow, you know, I must have had a hunger pang. So I said, I feel like waffles with maple syrup and bacon. And I said, maybe you could make, Spaghetti Matriciano with leftover bacon. I could make a focaccia to go with it. He said he'd go get bacon. How weird it is going to the supermarket with people not wearing masks now that we're we're at this nice, steady, zero COVID state. But he said he's going to continue wearing a mask because he was getting vaccinated the next day and would be a bad look to either get or pass on uh, the roni before uh, you get your jab. Somehow we got to this character called Ramblin' Sid Rumpo that he'd never heard before, so I played him a bit of that. It was very, very silly. And there was more. And between all of that, he may have uh, he may have broken wind and I may have said, what a stench, I'll just smell my armpit until it goes away. All right, so that was um, that was a sample of what it's like. <laughs> what it can be like in our bedroom, uh, talking about nothing in particular, except, of course, that nothing in particular to us means a whole lot because 
we do love crapping onto each other. If we couldn't crap onto each other, it would be a, a very, very different relationship. So I know that it takes to kind of step away from what's going on to observe and make a mental note of the conversations you have. But you know what? I think that's okay because sometimes you have to really observe, really listen, really feel with intent to know what you truly have in that relationship. Sometimes it does take that little bit of standing aside and really just looking. So with that in mind, with the idea that sometimes we have to find out what we have, I'm about to find out what I truly have too in one of several ways. And it will be okay one way or the other, but I apologise for not having a proper episode for you today. I'm sorry that this isn't particularly polished, but I trust that you'll be here when I come back in a couple of weeks and I will have a great episode for you then, I promise. And until then, please be kind to yourselves and each other.